Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Parenting SOS Podcast. My name is Nadia Tari, and I am a mom of four with my youngest two kids having special needs. They have a very rare genetic syndrome called Allen Herndon Dudley Syndrome. I wanted to create a podcast where other parents who have a child with special needs could come to get some tips, suggestions, and encouragement. So today I'm really excited because I met this wonderful lady. Her name is Markeisha Hall. She is an IEP specialist. And um, for those of you who have a child with special needs, if your child isn't yet in school, this is definitely something that you're going to want to become familiar with. Um, It basically allows your child to have the special services that they need in school so that um, they can grow and learn um, as best as possible. So anyways, I will not uh, delay any further. Here is the interview I had with Markeisha Hall. Thank you for being willing to come on and um, share with our group. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, thank you so much for having me, too, and um, I'm delighted to talk to your um, community members today. My name is Markeisha Hall. I'm an IEP coach, a parent empowerment partner, and certified autism travel professional, and I help parents um, navigate the IEP process. <laughs> uh, my background is in special education. I was a special education teacher, um, early childhood um, in particular, and in 2018, we adopted our youngest son, I have four kids. We adopted our youngest son who was diagnosed with autism um, during the process of us adopting him. So it's my professional and private life is one and the same. So you definitely have a lot of hands-on experience. Lots of hands-on experiences. (laughs) We just went back to school, he's in first grade. Um, And so I'm uh, getting to implore some of my techniques (laughs) techniques <laughs> new school year starting out so so you're a mom of four and yes. your is it your youngest one that has autism my youngest yes he's six okay great yes and isaiah is six as well so what advice would you give for parents who are um getting ready to send their kids back to school in your case i know there are some parents that the kids have already gone back to school but um yeah what tips would you like to share with other parents who have a child with special needs so that as they go into their IEP meetings, maybe they could have a heads up on this or that. Oh, absolutely. I, um, we did, we're in California. We started back on August 2nd. So we're rolling into our three third week of school. But what I like to tell parents to do to prepare is first make sure that you have their current copy of your um, child's IEP. Make sure that you have the current copy. And if you don't, there's no shame or guilt. Just email the teachers and ask for a copy. (laughs) I'm also, um, even though I preach how to IP binder, sometimes, you know, the binder falls over and the papers are everywhere. So just go make sure that you have uh, the current copy of your child's IEP. And then what you want to do is email um, a letter just saying, hey, this is the new school year. I'm, you know, such and such as mom. I'll use my son. I'm Josiah's mom. And these are some of the things that have been working for us, especially coming out of the pandemic, right? When we were all at home, there's a lot of um, things that parents 
have, have insight on because they were at home <laughs> with us. So right. I would say like we were working on these things and um, these are some of the things that worked bullet points, bullet pointed because, you know, the big paragraphs. And then these are the things that we're still some of the things that we're still working on. So first, make sure that you have the current copy of your child's IEP. Second, yes. um, communicate what's been what you guys have been working on over the summer um, or what has happened during the pandemic since the last time they've been in school. Um, and I would just bullet those things out. Very simple. These are the things that we've been working on. These are the things that worked. These are the things that did not work. Because those are important too, right? We don't want right. to waste the time in the classroom when we're like, no, he doesn't like Skittles. So that's not going to motivate him. <laughs> right. Um, Good so that's the second thing you're going to do. And then thirdly, make sure that you um, understand like what your child's school day it's going to look like that was important um, aspect to help your child um, get acclimated to what the school day looks like. If you don't know what it looks like, you guys are trying to communicate what's going on at PE and you have no idea like where the PE classroom is. Sometimes we think things are big, big issues, but it could just be that the PE classroom is way down the hallway and they have to pass through the lunch area and the library area and that's too stimulating to, for them. So by the time they get to that next thing, they're already not ready to learn. So those are the types of things that you could look at the schedule and you know your child and say, you know what, we can go, can we go another route? Because these things are going to interfere. It doesn't always have to be something big and glaring. It could be the small things to do. So I like to see a schedule and talk with the teacher about like kind of what the day looks like um, and how that's going to, and thinking about my child and thinking about some of the little things that I could help alleviate and work with the team to alleviate so that he can be in his um, optimum uh, learning headspace. Sorry. Uh-oh. Hello? Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, good. Uh, the screen went black, so I just wasn't sure you went away for a second. I oh. Didn't know if maybe it was an internet connection. So basically, oh, okay. don't be don't be um, nervous about bringing up some of the small things that you think may be a smaller issue. And like even just as much as um, figuring out the route that they're going to take to get to the next right. whatever, like being yeah. aware of their schedule and so number one making sure that you have the most current IEP and then number two trying to get them up to date with kind of what your child has done throughout the mm -hmm. summer where they're at yes. um, what would be helpful what wouldn't be helpful like you mentioned right. the Skittles isn't going to work for my kids yeah. <laughs> I love that um so yeah give us some more any more tips yeah I was just saying that um now, sorry, I got a little sidetracked. I was thinking about what we've been going through this past um, couple of weeks. And just um, I want parents to know that you don't have to, everything doesn't necessarily have to be an IEP uh, meeting about that unless you're going to change something substantially. Um, so those little tweaks in their day can be communicated, um, just communicated with your team. I always, I always like to say start the year off also with a dedicated email address. That's just mm -hmm. for, I have four kids, lots of things that go on. 
um, <laughs> lots yeah. of emails. And then I'm like, where was that current copy? Um, and if you're like me, um, then having that email address and just having everything that the IEP confirmations, any uh, communication between the teachers, if you're not uh, a binder parent that likes to like organize everything or a file system, or you just don't have time, you were, but you don't have time for that anymore. If it's in, if you have a dedicated email for that, then you can just go in there and just write, you could just type speech therapist and all the communication from the speech therapist will be, will pop up. It'll be an email. So do you have a separate email for each child? Is that what you're suggesting? I have a separate email for, well, now I do because the high schoolers have so many different teachers, but definitely for um, Josiah and his IEP in particular. Oh. Anything that goes on with that um, goes into a dedicated email address. That's Just so I can, Yeah. <laughs> so I could find the stuff when I, when I need it. Um, it. It just made it so much easier. You could just sort it and you don't have to worry about asking for another copy and waiting for another copy or what happened at that last session. And um, yeah, so I definitely, definitely before you start the new year, start with a dedicated email address um, for all things IEP. Now I have lost you again. Can you see, there you are. Okay, so it really throws me off when it goes all black. I could hear okay. you, but I couldn't see you. Okay. Um, okay, great. And sorry for all these interruptions. No. So, um, no so carry forward. It's technology, right? Yes. <laughs> I was getting a phone call and I was trying to hang up on it. Right after I hung up, then you went black. So I didn't know if it was something that I, you know. Oh yeah, up. yeah, that happens too. I was like, let me make sure to put off these things. And then of course, everyone calls when you're, going live <laughs> so i know i just have one of those like mom i forgot my lunch yeah <laughs> okay come i have i have a meeting but here i come yeah well um thank you again so much for for sharing this and um what recommendations would you have for parents who maybe are not um how do i say this not exactly comfortable with their child's teacher or IEP, the people that are meeting in that group, um, right. what recommendations would you have if a parent just doesn't feel like it's a good fit? Mm -hmm. um, okay, there's two parts of that. One is um, is to communicate. Um, like I said, it's best to start a conversation, even if it feels uncomfortable, if, if you don't want to be face-to-face, -face, email. Um, these are my concerns and be, be specific. They might not know that they're, um, it might be their delivery or it might be a miscommunication. So we want to make sure that it, at baseline, it's not just something that was kind of overlooked. Um, an example I could use is the first day of school coming, going back from the pandemic. It was crazy at the kid, at the, at the kid's school. There was lines, there's temperature checks, and we had, um, established, um, uh, with, uh, Josiah's IEP team, how his day was going to get started. <laughs> we yeah. went in on Friday, we did a tour of the school, which is another, I have so many tips. I should have, <laughs> I'm going to type them up and, and send them to you. You guys can have them. I'll do Perfect. that. I'll send 10 things back to school. Um, so we did a tour of the school and what his school day was, and especially because they have to wear the mask and they have to take the temperatures. Um, I wanted him to know where lunch was because that's I knew that would be a source of uh, confusion for him. And then the first day of school started. 
We couldn't find the people that was supposed to be set up for them. He wasn't supposed to be in the line. There was lots of things that go, even if you have a plan that didn't go the way that we had planned, even though we met with it and, and things like that. So I could have got very fr frustrated, but that was the situation that was happening at that, you know, at that time. Yeah. So I still did email them and I said, I understand that we had this going on, but what are we going to do to not have that happen the next time? And then we established like a direct meeting place, a, a person that was going to be meeting with us. So we didn't have to do the line thing. Um, so sometimes things happen yeah. and it could be cleared up and it was cleared up the very next day. Perfect. So comfortable and confident in emailing. It's not complaining. It's just getting clarification on your child's day. And that made a big difference from that Monday of him coming home and, and then the Tuesday, um, his day at Tuesday. Mm. Um, it's never too much. You never know what um, the, the school is willing to or able to do. Yeah. We didn't have to have an IEP meeting about it. We just had to communicate with that. Now, if you feel like it's a change of placement that needs to happen, like they're in the wrong placement, they're not um, thriving in that environment, then that is, that would need an IEP meeting. Um, something big like a change of placement, like you feel like they need to, they're not in the least restrictive environment. That's a term that you guys may know in your, it says LRE, least restricted environment. Um, and those services aren't serving him, then you call IEP meeting and then you discuss those concerns. Um, and any change of placement has to have the data um, to support that change of placement. So that would need IEP meeting. And you're welcome to call those and, and you guys discuss it as a team. But one thing I do like parents to, to know is that don't do like, I don't like the IEP, I don't like his teacher, I don't like where he is. Um, and so I want to be changed. Remember, it has to go with data. So the wording that you use is very important. This um, this environment isn't you know sufficient to his learning process. These are the reasons. Bullet, bullet, bullet. This is the data that I have behind it. He's gotten on. He's got a timeout five times in one day. You know, he's coming home, and between three and five, he's melting down. I noticed that, you know, he has scratches on his arms or whatever it is, be very specific about it. Don't mm -hmm. just be very specific. That's what I'm saying. And I like bullet points because then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you can address, you know, each one of the concerns instead of like a paragraph kind of thing. So nothing right. gets... So when you say, um, don't just say, hey, I want my child to have a different teacher or I want my yeah. child to have a different speech therapist or physical therapist or whoever is working with your child um, right. you're saying when you say present data you mean being very specific like actually giving examples you said yeah. bullet points boom 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 this is right. what i notice when blah 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 so yeah. having that data to support it would probably right. make for an easier transition if it needed to happen right yes just being very specific because we i can't say that the feelings because i when my son didn't have his lunch on Monday, even though we prepared. I do these things. I do IP coaches. He has a, a wonderful team. It still fell through the cracks. Um, so I can just like, I, you know, I, I hate, I was very upset. The feeling was there uh, because he's my baby. These are babies, right? Yes. So your feelings are there, but 
you have to think if someone and, and the teachers as teachers, she felt really bad. She knows she's taught all my kids. So she was like, oh, my gosh. But the uh, the people that don't aren't in direct contact with him, if they were reading that paper, they're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, they don't know him. You right. know, some right. of the players that are on our team um, might be the psychologist and the psychologist only sees them for the annual or their triannual. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading the paper, we need to be specific. Yeah. This, this, that, so they can go back. You're not going to be like, oh, Joe's so cute. He's so curly hair. He loves to, you know, <laughs> eat, lolly, eat lollipops. He's going to be like, okay, what, what do I have to do with any of that? So we have to feel our emotions for sure, but make sure that it's something that can have an action item behind it. So you Perfect. can feel that way. He didn't have lunch. I mean, so I'm mad and you guys all suck. <laughs> Um, but that's how I feel, you know, we're bombs here. So you'd be like, hmm. So saying that, saying, you know, this process failed him. This is a safety issue. It's 107 degrees outside. Yeah. He had no lunch. He didn't have any water. He didn't eat since seven o'clock that morning this morning. I understand that it was COVID and that there was, you know, it was crazy. And it was crazy. I felt for them. However, what is going to be the plan before he comes into school tomorrow so we can ensure that he is fed and, and hydrated so that he can be best prepared to learn? Perfect. Well, you've got this down. <laughs> <laughs> so I just realized that uh, we jumped in or I jumped in and started asking you questions. And I should have started with, I apologize. Um, can you please explain for those who aren't familiar, what is IEP? I know, right? I, I do that all the time, too. <laughs> um, I throw around all these acronyms, and I talk about people that do that. And because I that we all. know it. You and I know it. But I just realized there may be some parents that maybe they have a uh, a young child that right. has a special need, and maybe they haven't even gone to school yet. Maybe right. they, uh, they don't even know. And so we yeah. should just throw it out there just to make okay. sure everyone is clear. Yes. So an IEP is an individualized educa- education plan. And um, your child, if they have a disability that's interfering with their learning, um, then, and they qualify under one of the 13 categories, then they get this, um, then they get an IEP. And what that is going to do is identify where their um, strengths and things that need to be worked on. And then it's going to provide services to help them meet um, specific goals. Um, So example, if it's speech, if they qualify for speech therapy, then the service would be speech and language, um, the speech and language therapy. And then it'll say how long they're going to be getting one times a week for 60 minutes. And um, de- depending, depending on the different types of assessments, that drives what kind of services and goals that that child will have for their uh, to help them access their education throughout the day. So it's special education. If a lot of people are more familiar, like with special education, so it's a special education service. Now um, that starts at the age of three. Um, if you're prior and you're just listening, you're thinking that your child might have delay uh, some delays, and it's not anything that has been medically um, diagnosed yet, but you're seeing some delays. There is an IFSP, which um, some of us have went through. My son had IFSP and then went to an IEP, and that's from birth to two, three. So that's services that you can have at home, early intervention services. Um, it's based off of your family goals and like the natural environment, but it still provides um, services 
to help um, your child meet those milestones. Excuse me. Nice. So either way, um, your child, if your child has a special need, there's a certain service from zero to three, and then there's a different service from three to, um, like, what, what is the cutoff age? It's 22. Some states like Chicago, I know up to 26, um, but basically until they graduate from high school and then there's transition services after that. Graduate or get a certificate of completion. Out here in California, it's 22, 3 to 22. Perfect. And then when your child uh, does go to school and is getting the IEP, how often can a parent expect to have an IEP meeting? At minimum, once a year. At minimum, you you have to meet once a year. It's called an annual, um, an annual IEP. However, if there is something going on, you as a parent have the right to call an IEP meeting anytime that you would like to. So you were suggesting if it's a smaller issue, just emailing or talking with the teacher or the staff member individually. And then if it's kind of a more important issue, that would justify calling an IEP meeting. Is that right. Correct? Yes. Yes. So smaller things are like, like I didn't have to put anything about his lunch. Had it happened again, we might have to, um, you know, because it was his his safety. It was if there is a goal, say your child is meeting a goal that they had. Um, Josiah will use three word three word phrases, and he's saying six. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to wait for a whole year to make a new goal. Right. <laughs> where he met it. So right. that's a why you would or on the opposite side, you make a goal. Josiah will use um three word three word phrases. And he's not even saying he's not even babbling or he's not even saying any words. So we might need to then look at that goal after the progress is like, well, he's not even met, met the first benchmark. We need to reconsider. Is it is the goal too high? Does he maybe need an AAC device? We need to come together as a team instead of just saying not met, not met, not met. We need to understand why it's not being met. And what um, is an AAC device? Okay, so if a child isn't, some students might use sign language to communicate. An AAC device is, um, they're wonderful. They're wonderful now. Um, it could be something as low level as a visual schedule where they're pointing, laminating, and they just have some, excuse me, they just have some pictures of the things that they can um, point to so they are able to communicate their wants and needs. But it can be super advanced, like on an iPad, and they might call it a talker. And these things are customized for the child so they can be like, I want, you know, popcorn or no, yes, they can answer that. And that um, that might be a reason why they're not using those words because we're all very focused on talking but the focus could be on communication and some, some kids may not, may not speak. Um, but there's other ways to communicate, especially in the day today. I, I get excited because I've been seeing so many students, um, students, I used to be a teacher, use the device and cut down frustration and just being able to communicate what their needs are um, outside of being able to verbally um, say it. So, so basically either an eye gaze device um, or even an iPad, or like you mentioned, something that is laminated, some way yeah. that a child that's not verbal yet can still right. communicate okay. mm-hmm. to help uh, people understand what it is they want or need. Right. And really the goal is to help that child be 
become independent, as independent as possible. So we as the adults in their life need to look at what's working and what's not working um, and saying, why isn't this working? Why are we, you know, I just use speech, but why are we saying three to five sentences or words when maybe are we have we tried everything else to try to get him to, you know, to be able to do that? Not that they won't, but it might be need some different levels of support or services to be able to get to um, get to that goal. Yeah. Perfect. So to have an IEP meeting. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to end this with um, if there is someone that would like to get in touch with you, maybe they have more questions. They'd like to have a phone call with you or even just DM a couple things. How can people get in touch with you? Well, everything is really simple because it's my first and last name. Um, I'm on Instagram the most um, if you're social media, but I do have Facebook and um, my kids maybe get TikTok. So I'm starting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teenagers too. Um, And it's all just Markeisha Hall. And um, my DMs, I answer my DMs. And um, there's also a website, MarkeishaHall.com, where you can just look at more of in depth of what the services are. I do have a free consult consult calling getting to know you if you just want to know if we're if we're the right fit because that's empowering a parent is that everyone's not the right fit for each other and I won't don't want to waste your time or money on a bigger package if what you're looking for might be something different than what I'm offering. Um, so there's that and yeah. Those are all the handles. Perfect. So if you could say maybe in one or two minutes, um, what are some of the ways that you work with parents? Um, Like you mentioned your package, but what, what do you offer? How, how specifically do you help? Right. So I have um, several types of IEP coaching sessions uh, ranging from just asking questions and me just reviewing the IEP and giving recommendations to me coaching you through your next IEP meeting in depth, looking at there's a current one or looking at all of the things that you've had and putting together that something really individualized for your child and giving you the wording, like we just talked about, um, kind of like kind of the letters, advocacy letters, um, and all the way up to coming to physically being at the, or Zoom, being at the uh, IEP meeting, attending an IEP meeting with you. Um, It's really about empowering parents. I'm hoping that the education that I'm giving you, so you don't have to have someone like me, that you can be able to have the confidence and the knowledge to go into your child's IEP um, without you know, without that type of support because that gets costly. And I don't want parents to be spending all their money. I want you to spend it on toys or (laughs) or Starbucks. Um, And your child's going to have, possibly have an I, oh, they will have an IEP until they graduate from special education, until they get out of, until they don't need those supports. And for some of us, that can be all the way up till they're an adult. So the more that we know as parents and share and, and learn, then the more confident we become, because I think that's kind of what I've seen in the past, that it's the confidence that there's the team and there's me and they know all these things and, and, I, and I don't know all these things. Um, don't feel intimidated by that. 
we all and myself too i went to school to be a special education teacher um if i hadn't i would be in in the same boat so i just want to share what i know as special education teacher and now as a mom and um computers doing that um and be able for you to be walking into your next iep empowered Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for being willing to share. And it's great that you are doing this because you know there's a need there. There comes times where, you know, you're not really sure maybe, like you said, the right wording. Um, And so I'm really glad that you're doing what you're doing and that you're offering the help and support to empower these parents so that they can have, their child can have the best um, care and uh, attention that they absolutely need. So, yes. yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for having me also. I hope everyone is having a great day and have a good back to school. All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All righty. And just in case you were curious, um, I thought I would go ahead and spell her name in case you wanted to find her on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, her name was um, is Markeisha Knowles Hull. That's M-A-R-K-E-I-S-H-A. And her middle name is N A U. L-L-S, and her last name is Hall, H-A-L-L. So if you are interested in connecting with her, sending her a DM, or you want to schedule your free consult call with her, um, if you have a child that is in school and, you know, will be having these IEP meetings, or even if you have a child that isn't yet in school and you just want to get some of these questions answered prior to your child going to school. You know, again, if you have a child with special needs, um, that's how you can connect with her. So as always, um, I would love to hear from you. So if you are a parent of a child with special needs, I would absolutely love to have you join um, my private Facebook group. It's a safe environment strictly for parents who have a child with special needs where you can get the encouragement and support from other parents who can relate to what you're going through. The name of my private Facebook group is the same name of this podcast, which is called Special Needs Parenting SOS. I look forward to connecting with you soon.